What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're finna recap uh, Week 12, Thursday night, Thanksgiving, and Black Friday game. First ever Black Friday game. And then we're going to break down the Week 12 slate, the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, all the way to the prime times. I'm Paul, pick on one of Contra, and I'm always joined with. You already know, man. It's your boy, Kev. Water voice, your boy, a.k.a. the Don P.Y.E., a.k.a. the realest on your screen. You already know. But here's the thing, man. Happy Thanksgiving. I know everybody's thankful for some other trucker football. Paul, are you thankful for football? I know I am, especially come Friday afternoon. I'm telling you, I bet you lit as fuck right now, aren't you? But thank God for football. And if anybody that missed too many, any of the plays on Thanksgiving and shit like that, uh, we dropped a whole entire highlight reel for all the top plays of the week. And then just look it up at hashtag totally blitz top plays on Twitter. Oh, man. But, Paul, I had like a bittersweet day with football. It was all I did yesterday, just watch football, watch football. People dropped off plates. I got blessed by a few folks. Life was good. But the game was, eh. First game, Lions, Packers, I'm looking like, why the fuck? I'm the whole entire game, I'm looking like, why the fuck are y'all losing right now? Why the fuck are y'all losing right now? Then you get to the Cowboys, Commanders. They kept it cool for 20 seconds, and then the Cowboys did what the Cowboys do. And then you get to the 49ers, Seahawks, and it was never in, never in doubt. So I was like, eh. It was kind of an eh type of, type of Thanksgiving. How do you feel about the Thanksgiving slate? I have same. I had the same exact feelings. I mean, the most interesting game to me was the Packers being the Lions, and I, not not just because that was probably my most sober game, but <laughs> more just because my take on this game was the Lions. The Lions would be the ones up like twenty one to three at halftime. Like that was my thing, and then the Packers were kind of making a ball game in the fourth quarter. That shit was flipped. Like the Packers were the one that was up twenty three to six at half. The uh, twenty quick points I felt I like I didn't even get the fucking turkey in the oven yet. And I'm over it's twenty zero yeah. on the scoreboard. I was like, what the fuck? Jared Goff's throwing interceptions and like I I'm still I can't say it's too early in the season because we're we're in week twelve going into thirteen after this. But like Jared Goff, I don't want it to be a situation where we're talking about like first ten weeks and the stats pull up and it's like three hundred yards a three-to-one interception ratio. And then all of a sudden, it's like, last six weeks, and it's the Jared Goff that we knew. The Jared Goff that got ran out of town on the Rams. Like, I, like I, I'm afraid he's not one of them, but it's back-to-back games against divisional opponents. And he's lucky that they beat the Bears. Mm. You say you're saying some big hit-the-road jack type of vibes. Yeah, I don't want it to be a sec- I don't want to be a tail two ha- uh two halves like first half of the season, second half of the season because the Lions, Lions are rolling, and I don't want the question. I don't want to be questioning them coming into playoffs. I felt like they were one of our lock teams for the playoffs of like they're solid all around. But I, but now you're telling me Jared Goff might have one of them bad days. That's not good. Yeah, I mean that shit is real. I mean the Lions came into this game eight and two. I was just genuinely, genuinely expecting them to fuck this Packers team up. Jordan Love came off a career-high 322 yards the week before. So I'm really expecting this team to not do not to be up to par. Immediately first play, Justin, um, Jordan Love throws that bitch up to Christian Watson. And like and you even said it, 
Like, if he had threw that bitch up more, that would have been a touchdown immediately. And what do they do anyways? They keep driving that bitch down. And then he threads the fucking needle on that first touchdown in the game. And you're just looking like, and you literally texted me and said, yo, the Packers are making it look easy right now. And I'm just like, there's no way they can play like this all game. And they didn't. But they did it when they needed it to. Like, they literally carved this Lions defense up, like, with no Aaron Jones, like this isn't even like their best squad yet. So I'm like, damn, okay. So I now I'm kind of have mixed feelings when I think of Jordan Love because when I think of Jordan Love, I thought at first he was um he was just like he was just gonna be mid a mid tier dude, but now it's looking like when he isn't doing mid tier moves or mid tier shit, he really is looking like a dog sometimes. And I'm just like, this is two big games in a row. He's just looking like if they keep rolling, especially if they fucking around and snuck their way into the playoffs on some crazy shit, like you might have a different tune for Jordan Love. But what you said about Jared Goff is powerful because I think that's exactly what that was. What killed me about Jared Goff was his fumbles. Like the first fumble got ran back for a touchdown, and it was like one of those shits like, eh, it could have went either or, but it was definitely a fumble. And then the second one was like, yo, what the fuck? I know Dan Campbell was upset, so it was just looking like that's when I think I think when he started fumbling in those turnovers is when they really got themselves stuck in a hole. And then even though they, they looked better in the second half and they came out turning that shit up in the third, and even the second drive when um Jared, Jared Goff immediately answered back with a touchdown, I feel like they didn't have that energy again until that third quarter and late into the third quarter when they um tried to tried to make some more moves, but. This is still my lines. I rock with them, but, like, fuck, this was an interesting game. Yeah, and I have the same feelings about Jordan Love. Like, the last three weeks, he's showcasing, like, oh, like, he's, like, maybe we should hold out before we give up on the old boy. I know the Packers fans are saying that right now. Yeah, literally. Because he has, even on games when he looks bad, he still has moments and glimpses where he doesn't look terrible. And then next game on the slate, the 4 o'clock ass whooping. 45 to 10, Cowboys blow out Commanders. Blanche get another pick six. Breaks the record for most pick sixes in a year with five right now. It's still going. Like, that that record, could, he could still get some more the way it's looking with this Cowboys defense. Uh, it's only been 11 games. And uh, Tony Pollard has himself a, a good day finally on the ground and over the air. CeeDee Lamb once again getting a touchdown. Every every fucking week, and like does all around like Dak throwing four touchdowns. These like last three or four weeks, Dak has been playing his best football like I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean they're playing lights out right now, and you would want to try to make an excuse on the competition, but like the only team that's really showed them like any type of um, the team that's really made them look crazy was the fucking um, was the Eagles like. Every game's been fucking dominating so far, besides for their random hiccups against the Cardinals, and I forgot the other team they lost to. The 49ers, when the 49ers blew them out. Oh, yeah. So, like, besides for that, this team showed that they're top tier. They're always going to move. They're moving explosive, and they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want. And TD Lamb is a fucking dog. Every every week he comes through showing showing up. So this Cowboy team rolling right now. Jerry Jones is happy. The team, um, 
coach is happy, and I still make this point that they're doing this shit with no Kevin Moore. I thought this, me personally, I thought this offense was going to slow down with the change of offensive coordinators. But we'll see if they can keep this momentum and continue playing like this all the way into the playoffs. And they'll need to because, I mean, they have the longest active home winning streak, and it's either 16 games or 17 games in a row. Nice. And they're 5-0 and this year. But, you know, you still got the Eagles who are 9-1. and You're like, you're not really, you might not win the division, but if you can become second, that means you'll get a home game against everyone other than the Eagles. Yeah, no, it's fine. You wouldn't have to play them into the conference finals anyways. But, um, yeah, and congratulations to um Bland for scoring that up, for breaking that record. Because I saw him catch that pick late, and I was like, okay, he got the pick good for him, but he's not making it into the bitch. There's no way he's making it. That that motherfucker broke the fucking plane. He was on a mission to get to that end zone. And Dan Quinn was so lit. Bro, I don't think Dan Quinn would have got that lit if he had won the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Like, that boy was so turned when he got that um record. So, like, shout out them boys. Dallas got something right now that's working. And, yeah, and Dan Quinn, after his stint with the Falcons, I mean, the last two years, everyone's been wanting him as a head coach after because of what he's doing with the Cowboys defense. And every year he tells them no. I like whenever they stick with what they know. Like, I just like playing calling defenses, and my shit's good. Yeah. Because even when he was with us, he was like a head coach, and he would call the plays on defense. But it wasn't the same because we still had to deal with all the dudes of the head coach as well. And then our next game on the slate, it was fun because they're all divisional games uh, this year, which was uh, really cool. He had the Seahawks at home getting blown out by the 49ers. Geno Smith did play. I did make the call, told Kev I'm switching my pick. Uh, Geno Smith was 50-50. Um, playing and out, Drew Locke was being mentioned as the starter. Kenneth Walker probably was not going to play. And I was saying that, like, yeah, fuck Pete Carroll and Deshaun McVay and the Kyle Shanahan shit. <laughs> you tell me, like, the, the key two key guys on offense ain't playing? Oh, yeah, never mind. 49ers all the way. And that's exactly what happened. 49ers all the way. Brock Purdy torching them. This is the uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think, getting two touchdowns to make up for last week not scoring any. I mean, you saw the picture Kev put on there. George Kittle in front of the Turducken. Like, he didn't do much this game, but it was in a week where he didn't have to do anything. Nah, this 49ers team is nice. Don't forget my dog Devo and everybody scored. Devo Sam, Devo Samuel did the same. Brandon Ayuk. That was a beautiful dark Brandon Ayuk. And even Nick Bosa, motherfucking, was still. Showing that he was a problem. So they literally fucked them up on all sides of the ball. Even on um even on special teams when they muffed the punt. Like they literally were on their fucking ass. And I remember I was just the whole time I was watching this game, and I was just sitting there thinking, like, bro, fuck that coach's bullshit. Like, like this team is on a fucking mission. Kyle Shanahan and won Super Bowl gold. So they're not going for nothing right now. Yeah, Nick Bosa, two sacks. Javon Hargreave, one and a half. Uh, a few other people with half sacks. Arik Armstead with a sack. There are six total sacks on Geno Smith this game. Just everybody got a little bit. So there's enough turkey to go around. Facts. Everybody feasted. And this offense just has so many weapons. The way Christian McCaffrey bulldozed his way in for that first touchdown was just like, fuck, like, 
even if you get like one on one, like you still like are out, you still at a disadvantage. You got to come ahead with two or three if you really want to slow them down. And it's like that's half the team. Like he's just literally doing everybody asses up. So like I can't wait to see this forty nine teams continue. I mean, but it wasn't all um forty nine ers. The Broncos, the Seahawks did make some dumb plays. They got the pick six on Brock Purdy. But I pray you over here shaking his head like, nah, but I was a shitty throw. And then um, that catch by JNS, whatever his name is, bro, I hit the one-handed catch coming down the sideline. I'm talking about coming down the sideline one-handed. And that shit was a beauty. I was probably playing the game. That's probably going to pop up in a couple more um, top 10, top 15, top 20 plays of the year type shit. Because that was a nice-ass catch. But besides for that, the Seahawks didn't do much more after that. I mean, maybe they did a little bit on um, – yeah, I didn't really see him do nothing crazy after that. I mean, Tyler Lockett didn't do terrible, but, like, I didn't really see him do like that. Yeah, Seahawks now 6-5 and five after starting out real. At one point, they were number one in the division. So they, they're going to have to win a few more games. They hope to make the playoffs. They went from, like, almost locking up the playoffs to now having to – kind of fight for their spot still. Mm-hmm. In our next game, the first ever Black Friday football game ever, Dolphins versus Jets. I told y'all it was going to be an ass whooping, and I wasn't just speaking on a biasness. I was like, what the fuck, Jet? What, what can the Jets offensively do to move the ball down the field against this Dolphins defense? And that's exactly that. Tua did probably have his worst game. Uh, of the season with the two interceptions. He still had put up 243 yards, still threw a touchdown. Tyreek having a day, Waddle having a day, both going over 100 yards. And offensively for the, the Jets, Tim Boyle was not the guy. The team together put up 29 rushing yards. They they didn't have – they couldn't do anything offensively. And that, to me, is the, the tail of the game. But let us know what happened, Kev. I mean, I think it's the tail of the game and the tail of the season, and it's just the tail of the Jets at the moment. Like the best, the best explanation is coming in, going into halftime. The Jets ended on third and one. Tua, the Jets ended Tua throws an interception, and I don't mean like a regular interception. I mean, bro, number four, he really muscled his way in to get this fucking pick, right? So you're thinking, okay. Let's throw a Hail Mary. And if we could, we, but we also have the option of meeting it, running it, throwing to the safety belt. We could do whatever we want as the Jets team. There's only like two seconds left. So motherfuckers go for a Hail Mary. They get the Hail Mary, throw it up, and Javon Holland picks it off. And it's like, okay, all you got to do is tackle it. They let this man, Javon Holland, take it back 99 yards to the end zone. To go into the half instead of 10 6, going to the half it's 17 to 6. And you're looking like this is the entire explanation of this Jets team. This defense does whatever it can. This defense plays its fucking ass off. This defense goes ham against good offenses. And they get rewarded with nothing. And this Jets offense can't even, and it's not the entire offense because they have hitters. But most of the time, the Jets' offense can't even do nothing to keep the defense off the field. So when you see 
this Dolphins team looked pretty staggered most of the game. If it wasn't for that pick six, it, the game would have been 13-6 going into the fourth quarter. Then you see the Dolphins come alive fourth quarter because the defense is exhausted. The defense is, de- is demoralized. Like, the defense has really been like, what the fuck? I can't do shit. So, like, that's my way of looking at this Jets as a whole this season so far. Like, ugh. It's offense versus defense right now when it comes to the Jets. And the big thing, like you said, they got exhausted. Uh, Dolphins start the fourth quarter with a 15-play, 92-yard drive that took nine minutes off the clock at start the fourth quarter for Raheem Morstead carrying the ball down. And then we get the ball, and then they score a touchdown. Like, if offense finally they get short, they get a good uh, kick return, they get a short field. They scored touchdown to Garrett Wilson. My over six and a half or seven and a half receiving touchdown for Garrett Wilson bet for the season is still alive because he keeps finding a way to score with his mediocre offense. Mm. And then Raheem Morstert up the seam, follows the blockers through in the zone run, looks around, no one's around, and he kind of just he he thought about it. Like, should I just need a ball? There's only a minute left, but he says, "No, nah, I'm gonna go get my second touchdown on the day." 34-13, that was the, the sealer game over. And Jets fans were, uh, were hitting the parking lot after that one. But, yeah, it's tough to be a Jets fan right now. I mean, the Dolphins, I think their defense um, did phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So, like... Jalen Phillips, though, he might have tore his Achilles. He might be done for the season. He was already out for the start of the season, came back, was fucking doing almost a sack every game, and then now he's probably done for the season. Now let's jump to the 1 o'clock. Sunday night, this is the rest of the games for the week. We got a quick slate here since there are a lot of games on Thursday and Friday. Starting us off at 1 o'clock, Falcons, two-point dogs at home against the New Orleans Saints. And if I heard correctly, Desmond Riddler is going to be the starter for this game? Hopefully. I It's crazy because I don't think they should never take him out. But, like, when they did take him out, I wasn't hurt. I was like, well, he was fucking up. But, like, we're not stressing the motherfucking Aints. I think we need to come in this game. We need to play good fucking – we need to play good defense on Derek Carr. And then we just got to string along drives. Make him long, make him tough, hit him in the fucking nose, because this Dane's defense is still the Saints fucking defense. But we can we can win this game. I think we do have a better home record. So we can win this game, but we really gotta come in and get really ready to fuck some shit up and get dirty. Get dirty on him. Oh yeah, dirty as fuck. I got a question. did y- y'all haven't played yet this year, uh, correct? No, not yet. It's the first time. But if we beat them, then then we've gone three and zero in the division so far. You know, both be five and six. Yeah, so we'd be number one. Then yeah. we beat everybody else. Big week, Kev. Yeah, but we're not stressing that part right now. We're just giving the fuck about whooping their ass. Nameless, grayless faces. Yeah, you know them, them niggas is ants. See, Desmond Riddler's in. I honestly would feel a lot better if Tyler Heineke's in. Really, um, really. Yeah, just because Riddler, like Riddler, Riddler gives you two or three fumbles now. And he does he yeah. give you something. Like, there's going to be something on the table for Cam Jordan or Lattimore or someone to get. 
What did they put him on a short leash, though? Probably is him on a short leash, bro. They probably, he's not even on a leash, bro. He's in, he's, they got him by the neck. You can't even yeah, walk. Wanna, we got to be get ready to get dirty, though, because I want to see how, um, how we're going to deal with this fucking, um, Saints defense and trying to run the ball. See, the Saints are pretty good against the run, is where you throw against them is whenever you get beat. They do get a lot of takeaways as a team, but the Falcons play close ass games and they always get turnovers. So, like, they're used to a defense that takes the ball away. So, I don't think that getting takeaways is going to impact the game too much. I just, the Falcons could run the ball on them. Like, that's the one thing that the Saints aren't that good against. Y'all got the home atmosphere too. I know there's probably gonna be a lot of Saints in the crowd. They are like right across the way. Oh, I don't know. This one's this one's a touch one, tough one. Give me give me the Falcons. I'm I'm gonna ride the Falcons with you, Kev, as a home dog. I feel like y'all gonna the home crowd's gonna be there. And Derek Carr's been playing really good football. And this could be the week where the Falcons defense comes back alive. And no Michael Thomas for the Saints. So as long as AJ as long as AJ Terrell does his job, which has been phenomenal, it's like locking up number ones. No Olave, and then and then like, I feel like the Saints are gonna be limited. Oh, if Derek Carr plays too, because we did get the Winston siding uh, last week. Yeah, and then the boys, the Falcons, we fresh off a bye. Gotta throw that into um, throw that into the mix. But we'll see how the game goes. From one division to another, the Bengals. No Joe Burrow. He's done for the season. It hurts my heart. It's a two-and-a-half-point dog at home against the Steelers. Kev, who do you got in this one? Bro, I'm fucking taking the Steelers, bro. That's some fucking bullshit. I fucking miss Joe Burrow already. I'm taking but no, I said the same thing about the Steelers last week, and then they took the – the Browns low-key whooped their ass. So, yeah, I don't really see that big a difference between um, how this game goes. The backup is Jake Browning. We did see some of him last week whenever Burrow got hurt. Um, definitely was in limited capacity. I do think he gets – I mean, he all week he's been practicing with the ones, getting him to feel with everybody. And Kenny Pickett in that offense, that's my whole take with Steelers. Their offense is so bad. Like so bad, where Jake Browning coming into his first NFL start with Jamar Chase on the with, next to him and Joe Mixon behind him, and a better offensive line, I think is a better offense than what the Steelers got. Which is crazy, but it might be the truth because the Steelers do have they have a weapon in George Pickens, and they, they did have- fire Canada. Yeah, so like, I mean, I could see the Steelers team coming alive. You know, I picked the Steelers team damn every fucking week. It'll be another week I picked them because I'm expecting them to, because I don't really have a lot of, a lot of um, respect for this Bengals defense because I've seen them get scored on a lot the last two weeks. So I'm hoping that no Mac Canada, the Steelers can figure something out and string along a nice, ugly W this week. I'm taking the Bengals as a home dog. Plus, Danger. give me the plus two and a half as a best bet. I think, like I said, that my whole take on the offense of the Steelers, but I could really get burned because the Steelers' offense didn't seem like they fucked with Matt Canada. The whole 
the fans hated Matt Canada. They they're staying fire Canada forever. And he's finally gone. And this could be the week they like show show up and show out offensively to put a big like fuck you to Canada. Yeah, dead ass. But I'm rocking with the Bengals. I just think like Jamar Chase is gonna have a great day against the Steelers defense. And I I'm not sure if T. Higgins is back, but if he is back, like like Jake Browning's gonna be okay. He's got a fucking Ferrari and a Lambo. Mm. And then Titans, three and a half point favorites at home against the Panthers, Kev. Panthers could potentially get the second win on their season. They have yet to win a game on the road. The Titans are all three of their wins come at home. I'm gonna say right now. Oh my bad. Go ahead. I say what you had to say. I'm gonna say right now, this is my best bet category. The minus three and a half. They want to scare you with that hook of the half a point. But the Panthers suck against the run. They're bottom five against the run in the last five weeks. And the Titans, is if they can get the run game going, that's when the Titans actually look like a good football team. Like so, and this is this is gonna be a week where like Derrick Henry goes on does a Derrick Henry type performance, 110 yards, touchdown. Will Levis looks good because everyone's trying to focus on Henry. Like these are the games the Titans actually look good. A team that can't stop the run. Yeah. Um. Vrabel at home is also a dangerous motherfucker. That's nobody you want to sneak on. And I think this Titans team has just been a very lackadaisical um, wreck this season. I feel like we, they lost Ryan Tannehill. And really, if they were like us, if they were like a three and 3.94, they just went down to like a 3.5 without Ryan Tannehill. So it wasn't that big a loss. But his team just looked to lost in general most games. So when you see them play against um a team against the the team against the Panthers, you think like maybe this is the week that the Panthers figure something out and they make niggas look crazy. But that's what a lot of people probably thought when the Pan when the Titans were about to play the Falcons. What ended up happening is Will Levis looked fucking great in his first start. So I think this is one of those games that Will Levis comes back alive. They ha- they're going to be able to keep the defense on their toes by being able to run that bitch, which, a lot, which last few weeks they haven't been able to do so. So I really like um, Vrabel and his um and his Titans team to fuck the Panthers up, and not just because the Panthers are bad. I just think that this is where they, this is their bread and butter, and these are the type of games that they win. And then our next game, Colts, two and a half point favorites at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, we're like cleared out the whole NFC South in back-to-back games. All y'all going at one o'clock. But Colts, the favorites here. It's in Indianapolis. Bucks on the road. Both teams in a like must-win situation. Colts five and five. Bucks four and six. But the division is not out of reach for the Bucks right now. And the Colts uh, can't win division. But five and five, you're still in the hunt for the AFC Wild Card spot. How do you see this game going? I think this is funny because this is one of those games. This is one of those um times where it's like all of our teams are playing at one o'clock, but like one, two of our teams are playing against each other. So at least one person has to win. But what if everybody ever lost and they all played at one o'clock? And then that'd be crazy. But I think, I I think that's what happened last week, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing that the Falcons are going to be the only team that wins this this um at one o'clock this game. This week because I'm taking the fucking Colts, the Colts, yeah. the Colts, the Colts. Even yeah, I'm though not... I think it's... 
I think this team, I think these two teams match up well against each other. And it's probably going to be one of those games that is like a 28-24 type of game. And it's got to be like somebody driving down late, most likely Baker, and um getting stopped or like throwing a pick or doing some wild shit or just running out of time. So, and then it's a four-point game, so they can't kick the field goal. I think this is how that game turns out. But definitely got the quotes in this one. Hoping that Jonathan Taylor can come alive because he did look pretty decent last time. I'll tell you, last time we seen him play was in Germany. So, we'll see. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks on this one. Really? The Bucks have a really good run defense. The Colts are a team that I, if Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss don't get going, I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to be the one to get the win. But, like, this Bucks secondary is terrible. You can definitely throw on them. But I just, I just think, I just think them being able to stop the run, and that's like the Colts' first and second thing they want to do. It's gonna come. Into, I think it's gonna keep the game really close, and I think the Bucks can sneak away to get a win here. So, like Mike Evans has found a way in the end zone damn near every week. The offense is not the issue; it's just the defense. And I think this is a game where the defense can look pretty good because they kind of match up good against the Colts' offense. Yeah, that's what makes this game suspect as fuck. But I'm going to stick with the Colts. I'm not going to lie to you. But this game does look suspect because they match up quite intriguingly because you're going to stop it when they're slightly decent at. But it's kind of the focal point of the offense to get the offense going. So it's like, hmm, hmm. Do you really take the Colts on this one? And I'm going to be like, yeah, I really take the Colts on this one because fuck the Booty Pirates. And then we got – the battle of potential number one overall pick or a top five pick. Giants are three and a half point underdog at home against the New England Patriots. Patriots are in fucking shitsville right now. They they benched Mac Jones at Bailey Zap, finished the game over in Germany. The Giants, they a, a fucking DeVito doesn't he get his first? Yeah, they get their first win or whatever last week against the Commanders. Yeah, the big upset win over the Commanders. The, so the Giants get their first win, and now they're three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Not first win, but first win with DeVito starting. Oh, I, thought you were still, I thought you were still going to recap. I mean, I'm highly upset that the Giants won last week still because I picked the Commanders. And the commanders for this team with this great offense, all this stuff like this. And they just fired their defensive coordinator, I believe. Everybody's screaming good riddance to that dude. So I think it's just one person at a time. Next is probably going to be Ron Rivera and then Paul, Paul hit on that motherfucking Ron Rivera take. But I'm not a believer in the Giants. Is Don Daniel Jones back or is he done done? No, he's done for the season. So, yeah. I'm not a believer in the Giants. I don't like the Giants. But against this really, really bad Patriots team was a really, really bad offense. Anything can happen in this game. So who do you got? Because I'm feeling leaning toward the Giants just because of that. This is not a game that, like, anyone's running to go bet on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this is a game where everyone's okay finding out what the score was later. Right. If you put a gun to my head, I probably would have to take the Patriots. But, like, 
the Giants came out of nowhere and the defense came alive last week. It was a divisional game. Tommy DeVito was allowed to throw the ball further than 10 yards, something that we haven't seen. It was a new it was a new evolution of Tommy DeVito. Yeah. I I wouldn't I don't want to pick the Patriots because they're on a three game losing streak right now. The only they did beat the Bills, but that was that was before it was cool. Now, like I don't know how I feel about this one. Like I'm gonna take the Patriots, unfortunately, but I wouldn't be shocked if like Shaquan Barkley like this game is like a seven to ten game and Shaquan Barkley does enough to win this game for the Giants. Yeah, I mean the Patriots are a good pick just off the face of like we see what Bill Belichick just does to off-brand quarterbacks. So you're looking like mm, Tommy DeVito, I guess the strat a strategic um Bill Belichick who has like eight who has eight different looks for you. Hmm. But I'm trusting in this defense to look decent. The defense can look decent. Maybe forced to take away. They can um they can win this they can win this game. And Saquon just doesn't need to hold shoulder the entire load. And Saquon doesn't need to get shifty again. But if this Patriots team comes in with the right scheme, all that doesn't fucking matter. So I think I want to take the Giants, but I might lean toward Patriots on with you. But we'll see how we'll see how niggas is feeling at the home side of the game. But I didn't take the Giants last week and got burnt. I surely should take them this week, but I might lean toward the Patriots with you. We'll see. All right. And then our next one o'clock and last one o'clock game. Texans. One and a half point underdog at home against the Jaguars here. Divisional game. It's basically a pick 'em. Texans, uh, slight underdog here at home. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, two young, great quarterbacks from everything it looks like. I this is a this is a great game for a one o'clock game. Yeah, this game is low key fire. Yeah, and like I mean, even the uh like I can't remember. Did the Texans win last week? Yeah, the Texans get a. Yep. Yes, they did. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm trying to check right now. Yeah, Texans get a 21 16 over Cardinals, make it three in a row. And the Jags blow out the Titans 34 14, which, like, it wasn't even that close to begin with. It was even worse to make make better. So 34 3 loss they took against the 49ers. But yeah, like, this is a divisional game right here. This is the, whoever wins this game is probably sitting number one in the division. There's six and four Texans and seven and three Jags. Yeah, for sure. I'm about to say whoever wins this game right here shows who's the best in the division. And it's tough to look at this, the Texans as a home dog with the way they've been playing these last three games. CJ Stroud looked awesome. Jamico Ryan's has just been composed. Defense is doing what needs to do to win. Oh, man. So I'm just looking at this game like, is this a game that the Texans kind of show that they're better than the Jaguars? And if the Jaguars had played the Titans bad, I would have. I would have. But I just feel like the Jaguar team is a little bit more experienced. They've been to the playoffs before. They know what it feels like to be down. So when the Texans team, this Texan team does play a close game, um, 
maybe starts off a little slower or there's points in between where they let the Jaguars get some unanswered points. I think they know how to keep the Texans down versus a lot of the teams they've been playing against so far. Haven't been able to do that. So I would have loved to take the Texans at home as a dog, which if you do, you're dangerous because that's like the third dog so far that we picked, maybe fourth. But I'm going to take the Jaguars because after our last big game they had, I'm expecting this offense to be feeling themselves. Maybe Calvin Ridley can come alive again. But I'm expecting good things on this Jaguars team in a close game, though. And I don't expect them to be winning the whole game. I definitely expect their point for this game is in doubt. Yeah, look, Costa, I got the Jags as well here on the road. It's tough. It's tough to go against the Texans at home. They're 4-1 and one at home. But the Jags are 4-0 and oh on the road. They know how to get wins on the road. Tried and tested. And I just think their defense is the like the Texans are going to be without Jimmy Ward, the safety. Uh, offensively, without Noah Brown, who was killing it two, week, uh, two weeks in a row a couple weeks ago. Uh, and whereas the Jags are pretty healthy, Calvin Ridley, first week, he's looked like he's actually on the same page as Trevor Lawrence uh, since the opening week against the Colts. Kristen Kirk's doing his thing. Uh, Jags defense has really been the unsung hero for this team, winning them games effortlessly. And I I really think the Jags are the, the cream of the crop in this division. And I think they show I show it out this they show out this week. Yeah, I think this is a good game though, because like if this game turns into like a fourth quarter battle, like back and forth and shit, oh man, the headlines is gonna be CJ Stroud versus um why'd I forget the long hair boys? Oh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, um Trevor CJ Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence, the 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 matchup, the matchup for years to come. Because this is going to be a good matchup, especially if these teams around them stay good. I would like this to be something in the future for years yeah, to come. Yeah, the whole like, division. Will Levis is taking over the tie-ins, and Anthony Richardson, he's on solar surgery, but he's taking over for the Colts. Like, this yeah. is four young QBs for the next 10 years that they all stay healthy and don't get it's, bent. It's a rebound. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah, we're both riding the Jags, wrapping up 1 o'clock, under the 4 o'clock slate. The Battle of the Big Bs. The Broncos, five and five, are one and a half point favorite at home against the Browns. This is this could be one of the uglier games of the week. Uh I mean Russell Wilson and the Broncos three three game winning streak. They keep finding ways to win. You can't can't stress that enough. There at one point we were I was talking about it's time to sell all all investment all land in Bronco County, and they turned it around to beating a very scrappy, a very hungry Vikings team, a Chiefs team, a Bills team. And then you got the Browns right now, who are also under on three-game winning streak, beating the Steelers 13-10, beating Baltimore 33-31, beating the Cardinals 27-0. Defense, defense, defense. No Watson. They still found ways to win. How do you feel about this one? Uh, I think this is one of those games where the Broncos are favorites because of their winning streak. But, like, the Broncos as a favorite, even at home, just doesn't sound correct. But it is what it is at the moment. Uh, the Browns have shown that they can win without Deshaun Watson, like, multiple times this season, and they're going to continue to show that. 
and they're still in the they're still looking quite well when it comes to playoff the playoff race. But I'm expecting this Broncos team to show to expose the Browns offense. Even though this Browns offense can score. And I really don't want to take the Broncos again. Probably not going to take the Broncos again. But I do expect this Broncos team to kind of show like what we're kind of what they're kind of made of. But oh no, this game is very interesting because this Browns defense is the Browns defense. So I don't expect this offense to do well either. And the Browns went out and signed Joe Flacco. He's not starting this game. It's going to be the rookie, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a.k.a. DTR, third career start. He got he got the win, the scrappy win, 13-10 over the Steelers last week. But, I mean, they got Joe Flacco for a reason. Like, I feel like there's a short lease where if this offense doesn't look good at, by halftime, like, I mean, like really, really bad, like interceptions and no completions, that Joe Flacco may be seeing the field. I'm. I feel like everyone in their mama is probably picking the Browns as like a big underdog here. Not big underdog, but like a slight underdog here. And that feeling, even though I think the Browns probably are a better team on the neutral field, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Russ and them boys, just because I could. Even if they throw interceptions, I could still see them putting up like 17 points to 20 points, and I think that's enough to beat this DTR led Browns offense. A or Joe Flacco led offense if he ends up in the field. Yeah, this is gonna be one of those games where it's like let Russ cook. It's gonna be very um I think just when I look at this team, I really look at his Browns defense as um as a pressure cooker. And I think this Browns offense can randomly score, randomly score, get put put together a good drive, we get some short field position and score. So, like, there are a lot of instances where I feel like this Browns team could put up points just because of um the position that they were blessed with. But I just see this Broncos team as a team that has a lot of scrappers. Cortland Sun and Jerry Judy. Like, their receiving court can show that they can make their quarterback look a little bit better than he actually is. So, I might have to co-sign with you with the Broncos. No rap cap. And then... Probably an even uglier game. The Cardinals are two and nine, taking on the Los Angeles Rams, where the Cardinals are two and a half point home underdogs. Stafford's back. I mean, it didn't look like much, even though he was back last week. Kyler Murray being back for the Cardinals has been massive. The offense has looked alive. The offense has put together good drives. Two and a half point dog here at home. Are are you feeling the Cardinals with Kyler getting an upset win against the Stafford-led Rams? I mean, the Cardinals' defense got, what, like two or three interceptions on Stroud last week? Like, the defense has even came alive since Kyler's been back. Yeah, I mean, I really would love to just hate on the Cardinals and tell them they ain't shit and all that good stuff, especially because they beat us a couple weeks ago. But, nah. I think this – I think this – I don't think this team is much better, but I do think they step up their their level of competition with um Kyler coming back. And this Rams team has been a little ugh, wishy-washy, even with with or without Cooper Cup all season. So I kind of want to take the um the Cardinals as a home dog, as I do see this um team that led by Kyler Murray that can do that's doing better things. 
I I'm gonna lean towards the home dog because I remember I'm I'm just it all I'm just thinking about it like my preseason take was I had the Cardinals above the Rams because I was like the Rams are just a couple injuries and shit away from beating to get in the number one pick in the draft and we just saw Stafford and then first week back he didn't look too good and the Cardinals defense is alive and well James Connor's healthy again he's been looking good the last week since coming off the IR. Kyler's healthy now. Like the Cardinals are getting healthy. Buda Baker's healthy. And I think that people are valuing them as the Cardinals that started off the year. Whereas instead, this is a different Cardinals team than what we saw the first like nine weeks of the season. Like you gotta value them based off of what we've seen these last two weeks, not what we've seen with Joshua Dobbs and then we're running the show. And I think they're the better football team coming into this week. Like the staff, Stafford's going to throw interceptions, and like Kyler's going to scramble. Like, I think the Cardinals at home have the edge here. They got both their wins at home, and they seem to just play better at home. So I, I can definitely see them upsetting the Rams here. Yeah, I still think the Rams have a better defense, though. But we'll see. Are you right? Are you taking the Cards or are you taking the Rams? Yeah, I'll take the Reds, the Cardinals. Are you taking the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. All right, we're both on the home dog there. And then 425, divisional game, biggest spread on the slate. Raiders, 10-point dogs at home against the Chiefs. I think this is a classic tale, Kev, on the show. We never go against it. A team loses a game against good competition the week before. If the next week they have someone in the division that's not a good team, they beat the fuck out of those teams just so they can get all their frustrations out. And we got the, the Chiefs losing to the Eagles on prime time, close as game. And now they go up against the Raiders the very next week. We literally just watched the Cowboys do that to the Giants literally a few weeks ago after losing to the Eagles. And that's exactly what's about to happen in this game. I think the interesting thing about the Chiefs is that their defense has been looking really good these recent recently. So I like this defense to be the most mad out of everybody on this game, on this field. Yeah, I mean, they got Jalen Hurt interception. They fucking uh, limited the Eagles to 21 points. Like, you're thinking we should win this game. Facts. I mean, if somebody doesn't drop a touchdown, I mean, somebody, they might have. Someone out there. Yeah, and uh, we still fuck with you, Pierce. Still our favorite Raiders coach this year, but not this week, big dog. Yeah, he and Pierce. I'm messing with Pierce. He's going up there. He's going up there in my Raiders coaches because it's a lot. So he's going up there in my Raiders coaches over the last few years, and like he's he's up there with Rick Bisacci. Bis- and then our last four o'clock game, Kev. Eagles three point favorites at home against the Bills. Uh, I mean, I felt like the spread probably should be a little bit bigger than three points if the Eagles are at home uh, and the Bills have not been playing their best football. I do I do know they're coming off a win where they look pretty good, but it wasn't against any good opposition. It was a, a – who did they beat? They beat the fucking Jets 32-6. to six. Bench, they, they're, That was the game Zach Wilson was again benched. Whereas the Eagles are rattling off four straight wins over the Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs. Can they add the Bills to that list? I think the Eagles team, what a lot of people are, are going to need to do at the end of the season 
is compare their fifteen and one season. If they were to if they were to win all their games for the rest of the season, fifteen and one season this year to their fifteen one the season last year, it kind of put a lot of respect on their fucking names. I'm not gonna lie to you because last year they had the easiest schedule in the league, and then this year they have them. They have a pretty tough schedule. You just named all four. Four, four teams that played them very, very well. And the Commanders might not be a hitter per se, but they play they play like hitters when it's time to go against the Eagles. So for them to be doing what they're doing so far in this um on this season, so I definitely clap it up for them. And when I saw that they have to play the Bills this week, I was like, God damn, the Eagles just don't get a break. But they're coming into every game ready to win, ready to fight, ready to battle. So I think that's what's going to happen again this week. I think this Bills team is going to look good, but this Eagles team is going to have a lot of shit put together, and they're going to expose this Bills defense. Yeah, the Bills defense is a big question mark for all the injuries on the year. Like, yeah, they made the Jets look silly, but then they, they let the uh, the Broncos put up 24. They let the Bengals put up 24. Uh, they they held the Bucks to 18, but then they let the Patriots put up 29. Facts. But the Eagles also, they've been squeaking out wins. I mean, all the wins I've named outside of the Dolphins win, all one possession games. Yeah, they've been going in. Like, they've been playing their asses off, figuring out what it's to fucking win. But I think this is one of those games where A.J. Brown was hot last week. So now he's going to come in ready to fuck some shit up. Yeah, I can see that because the, the Bills don't really have a number one corner that can that can lock up some shit. Uh, Josh Allen's due for some interceptions as well. Maybe a fumble. That D line can get there. I want to find ways to not be able to pick the Eagles, but like the Bills aren't giving me anything. There's there's not anything I feel like they have the edge in. And maybe if like Josh Allen comes out and uses his fucking legs for the first time all game all year, I'm gonna be pretty pissed because that's a different Bills team. That's a Bills team I think could beat anyone in the regular season. But, that's his Bills team a lot of people fear. But but we haven't seen that all year, so I can't pick based on that's going to happen. I'm going to take the Eagles. But I, I feel it in my gut that we're going to see, like, first first drive, Josh Allen running for, like, a 15-yard gain, like an effortless fucking eight-play drive touchdown where Josh Allen's throwing dimes and running up the middle and shit, and it's like, fuck, this is the Bills that showed up. This is not – This is just, I didn't know that. So I'm gonna take the Eagles here, but the Bills could do it. It's all on Josh Allen and his leg. No, that I, I mean, if that's how the team would, if that's how they did play this game, they would um, they would definitely have a great chance to win. But I haven't seen it yet, so I can't, I can't expect it if I haven't seen it. Both on the Eagles, three point spread for a reason. Close game, maybe. Then prime time, eight o'clock at night. Chargers three and a half point dogs at home. They can't catch a break, and they're taking on the Baltimore Ravens, who are coming off a loss against the. Uh, oh no, are they coming off? Or were they on bye? I think then they lose at home. Oh no, they beat the Bengals on Thursday. No, oh, that was it. Yeah, coming off the Thursday game where they beat the Bengals thirty-four to twenty. And Burrow's done for the season, and Mark Andrews is done for the season because of that game. Chargers defense, the worst against the pass, really good against the run. 
Ravens overall had a top five defense altogether on both offense and um both passing and rush. Should be a fun game. Yeah, it's gonna be a great nighttime game. I think it's gonna be one of those games where um there's a lot of offense early, or there's gonna be splash plays on defense. But it's just gonna keep the um the momentum up. The game's gonna be very exciting and explosive, and I don't think there's gonna be a lot of down moments during this game. And the one thing I am worried about is the Ravens starting off really, really strong, and then halfway through, they slow down. And I don't know what the Chargers are going to be, what the Chargers are going to be doing when they slow down. Are the Chargers going to be up? Are the Chargers going to be reeling back? Are the Chargers going to be making a comeback? Or is this defense, or just Ravens defense, continuously making stance against this Chargers offense? So that's what I'm worried about. But because of the Chargers having such a bad defense, I think the Ravens aren't going to get put in a position where they beat themselves and get really stagnant and slow. So as long as Lamar isn't throwing no crazy interceptions, I really like this game to be explosive in a shootout all game. See, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout. I like the Ravens. This is one of my other best bets because it's a three and a half. Give me the Ravens minus three and a half. I, they taking good teams out to the woodshed and just beat the fuck out of them. The Lions. The Lions, I mean, the Seahawks, the Bengals. Um, I know the Bengals didn't have Burrow the whole game, but, like, they have been dominating. They play physical-ass defense. They scored 30 points in their last five games straight. Yes. Offensively, they is in tune. Really, they we should be talking about how they 9-2 and two if it wasn't for that that Browns game where the, he throws that deflection pick interception pick six and then the field goal like it, it, offensively defensively they were the better team that game they just lost on some crazy shit towards then on the other side look at the Chargers last five games in they're two and three their two wins are over the Jets and the Bears with T- Tyson Baguette. Yeah. losses to the Lions lost to Green Bay lost to Kansas City. That's that doesn't look good. That just shows me that you you have four wins and at least half of them are coming to some bullshit teams. Like I think the Ravens here I don't think three and a half is a big enough spread for what these two teams have shown this year. Austin Eckler's been back and it's been phenomenal for fantasy owners. But has the Chargers offense changed at all? Like are they is are they more dangerous? Are they is did he make that big of an impact now that you're fearing him and this chart? No, like they look damn near the same. Just now they got a running back that can catch the ball instead of just run it. Like fucking that that's the only difference. Like they're I think the Ravens are gonna beat. I think it's gonna be like a 33 to 17 game. The Ravens stomp them on the stomp them on the chest. Yeah, I can see that coming. And I think when I say shoot this bitch out, they're gonna the Chargers are gonna try to shoot out with explosive offense, but they're gonna get turnovers. And I think that's gonna be the difference. That aggressive Baltimore Ravens defense. They're going to cause a lot of friction in this game and force a lot of um, uncomfortability out of Justin Herbert and his um, Chargers offense. And then our final game on the slate, Monday night football divisional game. Vikings are a three-point favorite at home against the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields is second week back being healthy. Joshua Dobbs, like third week at the helm for the Vikings. This should be a good one. Justin Jefferson may play. 
they they haven't ruled it out yet. He may be back this week, but he's not playing unless he's a hundred percent ready to go. They made that for very certain. Uh, the Vikings need a win though. They're six and five. After this week, they do go into the bye, and I think you would much rather be seven and five going into the bye than six and six going into the bye, especially in this stacked as AFC picture. Oh yeah, I meant to say this earlier. But I'm starting to think that the Lions and the Packers are better on um, modern modern day are better on um, rivalry than the Bears and the Packers because like the Bears and the Packers, I feel like they hate each other, and there are a lot of um, big hits and a lot of just dirty shitty shit and the fans going back and forth. But like if you watch the Lions and Packers play, there's so many fights. The boys are fighting that whole game, and I was just like, God damn. But I meant to say that, that earlier. No, that's true too, and there's a lot more entertaining games. Last yeah. year, last game of the season, the Lions beating the Packers to not let them go to the playoffs. Like, no yep. reason for them to win that game other than to fuck, to fuck over the Packers. Yep. But Look, this game. When it comes, yeah, that's it. When we're talking Bears. Bears, Vikings. Hey, this game, this is a rematch from earlier this year where the Vikings barely squeak out a win. And this is the game Justin Fields got hurt in, like, the second quarter, and the Vikings still only win by, like, a field goal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was a different um Vikings team. They had Kirk back there. But you would think that was a good thing. I don't know how this game goes. I'm not going to lie to you because Justin Fields and them lost last week, but they definitely showed um, bits and pieces of um good chemistry and, like, the one-two punch, um, the one-two punch combo with him and DJ Moore. They 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 connected on a few great passes, so I think this is a game where they could show out a little bit more against the Vikings. But I do like how this Vikings team has had a never quit attitude. They played a really close game last week, and I actually think it's smart to not let Justin um, Jefferson play because, I mean, if you just take one more week and then the bye week, then it's like I right, think you know for sure he's on it. So you might as well give him one more week unless he really, really is able to go this week. But um, I don't know. I kind of want – I'm probably going to most likely take the Vikings because I don't know when it's ever smart to pick the Bears. But I do like this game to be a very interesting one. Yeah, I, I want to talk myself into taking the Bears here just because the Vikings ain't got no run game to speak of. You got And TJ Hawkinson is pretty banged up, but he probably will play, but he's still banged up. But, yeah, actually, give me the Bears as a road dog here. I I could see – because Dobbs is good and all, but, like, Fields does everything Dobbs does too. And this game – like, the Bears low-key look like they're on their way to winning that game against Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson – with Madison and Cam Akers, like a lot healthier Viking squad. And the Bears are looking like they're probably going to win that game with Justin Fields playing. And then he gets hurt, Baguette comes in, and they still almost won that game. I think that the Bears, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, I think they ha- I think that combination right there alone could win this game. Um, I can respect that. I definitely do, but like, Oh no, I just don't trust this Bears defense. They haven't really shown anything that really is like I can make a bad team look bad types and type vibes. So that's why I think another reason why I can trust this Vikings team. I mean, Josh, they and they also need a win right here. If they get the win right here, they can still keep a lot of things alive. 
No, that's true. That they've definitely got the team playing for more right now. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll see how that game goes. I'll take the Vikings up. All right. And as always, before we get out of here, we got our locks and our dog cab. Two locks, one dog as usual. And as always, my boy, you can go first. I appreciate that. I appreciate the Upawu. So for my locks, I would have to take definitely got a lock up that Eagles versus the Bills. That's a good game to lock up. I expect the Eagles to win that game. Very very close one possession, most likely, but they win this game. And then I got to take the Titans as home. I like that. I like that as a good lock. And then for my dogs, I'm going to take the AZ. I'm going to take the Cardinals as a dog in this one and see what they're talking about. Oof, oof. Oof, oof. Home dog, too. I'm going to go with – I'm actually going to have to steal one of your locks, Kev. I'm going to have to go with the Titans as well. I was looking over the slate. There wasn't too much I actually, like, loved in the favorites. They got a lot of dogs on the slate. So, like, I had to, I had to, I had to pick my favorites closely. And the only ones I really like with the Titans, they're really good. Uh, the Panthers suck against the run. That's what the Titans do. Titans, all their wins come at home. I think this is another win for them, boys. Then – this one, uh, I really like the primetime game here. Ravens on the road, the upset, not upset, but to beat the Chargers. The, the Ravens are taking good teams out to the woodshed. They've neutral, neutralized offenses with one of the best defenses in the league that no one's really, no one's really giving them the crown as the best defense in the league because the Browns are around. But, like, the, they're just as impactful as the Browns' defense is. And – Offensively, the last five games straight, 30 points or more. The offense is rolling. The Chargers are one of the worst passing defenses in the league. Lamar could have a great day. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, the offensively. No Mark Andrews, but against the Chargers, you don't need a Mark Andrews. I think they'll get the job done with Isaiah Likely, the rookie, no, second year. But, yeah, give me them as my other lock. And then for my Bears, not the Bears, for my dog, I had a whole bunch. I could have took the Bears on prime time. I totally took the Cardinals with you. I do co-sign the Cardinals as a good dog of the week. But I'm going to go with the Bengals at home against the Steelers. They Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, they still got great weapons for Jake Browning to, to play with. I think that uh, – I think the offense is going to look better than the Steelers' offense. And the Bengals still have a really good defense. They're at home. Uh, and I think they can take advantage of everyone kind of counting them out, and they can still sneak out a win. First game without Burrow. This team needs a win to stay in the playoff picture, and I think this is uh, they're going to get it here against the Steelers. Yeah, that's just I, – I respect it. I like the list. Uh, but close as games on the slate, outside of the Chiefs-Raiders is a 10-point slate. Every game this week is within three-and-a-half points. Hell yeah. These are all field goal ass games. So yeah, stay tuned. Should be an easy one for everyone to watch at home. We had four games between Thursday and Friday. So that knocked out like a quarter of the slate. So you can fit every game on the TV this weekend. But as always, thank y'all for watching. Again, like, subscribe. Comment down below your picks, your bets, and everything else, and everything you're grateful for from this last Thanksgiving. I'm Paul Pickle Winham. That's Kevin Waterboy Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, 
when I know motherfuckers.